for tonight's win how are you guys feeling after that one i couldn't find that damn sax anywhere in my <laughs> office uh i'm okay i'm a little bitter at bradley beal but that's cool yeah you I know what that... ain't no bitterness over here hallelujah bradley beal is back drop it Look at, the Look at that! That's right! Oh, There's snap. a banner! Bradley Beal hitting that first three! Bringing me back, baby! We are back! You know what's so funny is, for a guy who says he didn't really care, uh, he sure cares a lot now. <laughs> well, of course I care when I can gloat! So, here's the deal, everybody. Uh, we normally do our pregame bets at the end of the show, but because Espo hit his at the top of the game, we may as well just talk about it real quick right now espo won his bet he took bradley beal to hit the first uh exact bucket tonight of the game with a three-point shot and bradley beal made it and espo made 360 dollars off of it so plus three thousand five hundred. Yeah. and this dude hit it can we see that leaderboard do we have a We'll get to yeah, it. We'll, we'll get, get to, to all it. of that. But, we, you know, I have a banner about it now. We though. will get to all of that later <laughs> in the show. We'll show you guys numbers. But one number we can talk about real quick is Adam's super chat. Adam sent us 100 bucks and said, here is cash in honor of Espo's hit. However, uh, Beal's first game back, the bet made sense. Missed it at plus 350 or 3,500. But Lindsay's consistent winning still deserves recognition. Good win despite late game issues. Big three tomorrow so we can start to see what we really have. Consistent winning, yes, except Fingers for tonight. Crossed. Yeah, I didn't win tonight. I did it. Is this dude the commissioner of the NBA in disguise? But thank Dropping you, big Adam bucks. Silverman. His, his, big, his big disguise day was adding a man a, to throw the end a man of the to the end of it, yeah. I mean, that's kind of funny. That'd be funny. That'd be actually hilarious. Thank you, Adam. We appreciate you. Uh, sending us the super chat and all of you for being here. Let's dive into it. Obviously, the big storyline today was that Bradley Beal returned after missing essentially a month of action. What are you guys' initial thoughts of what you saw from Bradley Beal tonight? I mean, he was rusty. 
mm-hmm. could tell he was rusty. He was hesitant. Um, you know, he was trying to find it. It's going to take him a couple games to kind of get back into the flow and, and be uh, and be good. But uh, I thought, you know, he did. Listen, the biggest thing was he got through the game and he was healthy. Yes. You know what I mean? And so that that's step number one. Uh, number two, he had a couple spots where he was he was good. I think the thing about Bradley Beal that I'm going to really, really focus on a lot is just like with Booker in learning how to win and win big games when, you know, when the moment provides as he kind of went through his career, Bradley Beal has been stuck in Washington in, you know, mediocrity for so long. I, I'm really curious to see his development and kind of realizing that like things need to get like significantly better if you have any hope to win a championship. So um, I, I would, I thought there was a couple times out there on the court where, you know, it just looked like, you know, he was rusty mm-hmm. on both offense and defense, but you know, Hey, listen, I'm not worried about him at all. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's going to uh, be able to bounce back at some point and, and give us some big, big games. I thought at the end of the game, though, I would have liked to see him be a little bit more aggressive because he was deferring to everybody else and everybody else would turn the ball over. You got <laughs> just take it because book wasn't able to get the ball because they were trying to double him the whole time. So the ball was going to everybody else. Brad, you're the dude. You're the other dude. You got to take the ball. You can't be deferring to everybody else. So look like a guy that missed a month. The shots, the looks were there. He was missing shots that he typically hit. Even on TNT, they showed that highlight package of him coming off double screens, getting kind of the looks that he got in Washington. Makes sense that his legs aren't fully there yep. under him right now after missing as much time as he did, especially with a back issue. You're not doing much of anything, at least early on with that. So made sense. I, I agree. Probably a little more passive in the fourth than you would have liked him to be, but also... That's a guy that's not quite familiar with the guys he's out there with and not quite sure when to take over, when not yet. I, for for first game back, I liked what I saw, and he took care of business for me, so I'm not going to complain. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I do think that you could see um, earlier on in the game, it felt like he was there were, after about three to four minutes, he would get a little winded, mm-hmm. a little gassed. Yeah, sure. I feel like, surprisingly enough, in the fourth quarter, he actually looked like he found a little bit more of his lungs, which is not something I feel like you would normally say in one entire game. Usually it's the next game around. Um, but I did like what I saw from them in the fourth quarter. I do get your point of being a little more aggressive, but yeah, he did get more aggressive, I think, in the fourth quarter than in the beginning of the game. Like progressively, it it, it got better. Like, you know, it, it took him, you know, he was getting to the basket and then he was running the baseline a couple times and I'm like, Brad, you're right there. Go up for the shot. Um, and then he would pass it out and, and, you know, sometimes it worked out. Sometimes it didn't, but again, like not concerned about his conditioning. It'll, it'll come. Listen, game shape is different than practice and off, off the court conditioning. It's just a completely different ball game. Uh, and so, you know, it'll take him a little bit of time to adjust and, Hey, you know, if KD comes back tomorrow, it'll be a little bit easier for him to adjust for sure. Yeah. And I also think for Beal too, like there were moments in this game where I feel like he was moving off the ball really well. And then there were moments where it was like, can you move, please? Like, just do something. <laughs> like he got caught standing around a little bit too. Yes. So I think we saw both and it gives me hope. I'm choosing to look at the positive that it gives me hope once he gets a little bit more comfortable, finds no. his rhythm. 
feels good with the guys out there, that that off-ball movement will be huge you, for us. You have to put pressure on the defense from every one of your your pieces on the court. You can't you can't be a non-factor by taking yourself out, and I, that's something that he'll he'll grow to adjust to as they go along. Because there was a there was an opportunity there at one point where it was basically Booker and Goodwin kind of passing the ball between themselves because Bradley Beal is all the way over there, basically right by Vogel. And he's not even looking like he's going to cut to the basket or anything like that. And those are the things that will come with time, um, you know, and, and repetition. So not, not too concerned. I thought it was a, a good start because they won. Uh, he mm -hmm. had 16, not, not, not a terrible night and uh, he'll be better as we move forward. Yeah. Six in the fourth. Uh, you know, I, I, again, I don't have any any complaints, but I am surprised he played 27 minutes. I think to me, that pretty much says he's not going to go tomorrow night on a back-to-back, -back, and he'll probably be back on Friday, which is when we'll see the big three, which was always kind of, at least in our discussion yesterday, what the, the group had thought. So, you know, I just I don't see him going back-to-back -back after – Hard fought Deal? tonight. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it. I mean, Vogel it. said at the beginning of the game that that's the plan. Yeah, I just. I, I think. I, listen, I, I will. I would normally agree with you if this was last year and every any other year in the past ten, right? With the load management and all this other stuff, I feel like. I feel like there there has been a significant change in terms of players sitting out now, mm -hmm. and I think you know. Listen, why would you bring back Bradley Beal at all if you're going to rest him again? right in game number two of a back-to-back -back. like if he's not ready then he's not ready because i understand they... because you want to see how the body reacts you also sure. want to ease it back in because i get this whole like if they're good to go they're good to go but also being good to go doesn't mean that you're in tip top peak shape either sure and that your body can handle that type I... of Load. I didn't think his workload tonight was was really taxing was at all. That bad I really either. thought that the 27 minutes he played, I would say he probably had about maybe 12 to 14 active minutes out there. Other than that, I did see a lot of standing around. wasn't you know wasn't as aggressive as I expect him to be as we move forward um, down the line. And uh, I would be shocked if he didn't play tomorrow. The, to be the honest, the reason they brought him back tonight is what you brought up. It's the new rules. They had him listed as full participant in practice. For two days they made him available if they had sat him tonight out of either night they would have triggered those rules because mm -hmm. it was a national television game friday is another national television game i you know i it would not shock me if katie goes tomorrow and and beal uh gets a rest or plays significantly less minutes to try to make sure they don't aggravate that back i would be okay if he just played less minutes um, even if he was, he's only on there for like 15 to 18 minutes, I would be okay with that. You know, I feel like sitting while I, I genuinely understand why I think it's just a bad look. Well, not only that, but also the, the back specialist said that, you know, too much rest is not a good thing for your mm -hmm. back anyway. Like I, I just think that, Hey, listen, he, he wouldn't be back if he wasn't a hundred percent, like I, at, at any point in time, he could go down with his back re-aggravated again. It could be Friday if he sat out tomorrow. We don't know. So go out and just play him. You might as well play him. Well, he's already sat out most of the season except for three games until tonight. Play him. He's, he's, he's making a lot of money. Play him. Yeah. Well, we'll find out tomorrow, you guys. We'll keep you posted. Um, all right. We talked about Bradley Beal. Let's look at his stat line as well as Devin Booker's and our triple money 
presented by Arizona Lottery. Don't forget to get out and buy your holiday scratchers. So Bradley Beal finished tonight with... 16 points, three rebounds, and three assists. And he's not grayed out. Yay! Yeah, he's <laughs> back. He for... also had a steal and a block in there as well. I can't wait for all three of these guys to not be grayed out. I know. Well, we're getting close. We're getting close. Devin Booker finished with 32 points, uh, four rebounds, and seven assists. I can't see that. My, my contacts are all blurry, so I can't see that. It's, like it's right there on the screen. I can't see it. <laughs> Also a steal and a block as well. Let's talk about what we saw from Devin tonight. Well, Do you guys feel like he kind of picked sort of like an uphill, like he ramped up the entire game? He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to force it. He doesn't have to force it. He picked apart the Warriors' defense, especially in that third quarter. Um, he was efficient as hell. He the Warriors had no chance when they tried to double team book. He was trusting his teammates and those, Hey, listen, you got to give the bench a lot of credit and, or maybe not the bench, but you know, you got to give the other guys not named Bradley Beal and Devin Booker, a lot of credit for stepping up, hitting big time shots in order to free up book later on in the game. Because once Booker started exposing them offensively uh, with his passing, they, they really couldn't allow those guys to keep getting wide open shots. Mm -hmm. So they had to manipulate their defense and, rely on one-on-one -on -one and book just torched him after that and listen he, he he knows how he's he's just continuously finessing his game in order to make sure that he's as effective as possible and tonight was just another example of that yeah. book went full armani mode in the fourth right they go on a 12-0 run there in the fourth to to kind of open up the game before what we saw in the final two minutes but he had 10 of those 12 uh, he was doing a little everything. It culminated in that reverse dunk off of a nice play by Goodwin as well. That was, in that fourth quarter, uh, prototypical book, what we've expected from him. And it was great to see him come out with that kind of an offensive explosion after very much controlling the game from the point guard position uh, for the first three quarters mm -hmm. and really being in, in control there. It kind of reminded me back in the day, when Chris Paul would do that here for the first three quarters, he just kind of make sure everybody got theirs, that everybody uh, was in position, and then he'd find a way uh, in fourth quarter minutes to kind of turn it on offensively. Book did it to perfection. I call I call it the rope a dope. You just kind of like, you know, you don't realize what's happening, and then all of a sudden you're knocked out in the fourth. Yeah, that, that's what he does. Like, hey, hold on. I wasn't prepared for that. Uh, that's why Devin tonight is going to be our big, bright, shiny star. I'm a big, bright, shining star. So congratulations to Devin Booker. Looking good with a little cleanup mustache, some sunglasses. Why did we add the shades? He's a bright, shining star. Is that why we yes, did it? Yes, because I said Nurk looked like him, and then we put the the shades on it at, to see if it looked like Nurk, and the shades just stuck. And they just... They it makes sense. Around. He's a shining star. They you look need like sunglasses. Future so bright. They look like narcs. Hey, he's got to wear the they shady like rays. Narcs. They look like narcs. That looks like an undercover. <laughs> Anti-hero basketball club, baby. We don't want them. We don't want them to be off. Um, I will say when we were for tonight's game, um, I would have liked to. While I understand Frank Vogel and the decision to kind of split up Book and Beal, I would have liked to have seen them play together. A little bit more before the fourth quarter, just a yeah, little bit. A little bit, but you know, yeah, you were—he was trying to stagger him, and he was trying to give Beal. Listen, he was going five-minute spurts, 
and and Devin was going the opposite. So mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm cool with the way it all unfolded. Listen, they were they were together on the floor for the last five minutes of the game. That's the most important part. No, uh, that was you know that's the clutch time minutes. And like I said, Beal's going to learn from this, and he's he's going to get better and better and better. And the stronger he gets, the better this team's going to be. And you know we'll see when you have the big three that rotation. There's always going to be two of them on the court, right? Is the is the sense in, in a lot of this? So. I imagine that rotation. Sure, maybe you don't have Book and Beal on the court all the time, but you have Book and Katie or Katie and Beal or, you know, uh, and it, it starts to make more sense. I got it tonight because you want Beal to be more of that secondary initiator where we've seen Eric Gordon have to play that role. Some other guys who haven't been able to do it, Beal's kind of expected to be that uh, now for this team that he's back. So I don't mind the rotation and, to Saul's point, you bring them back in to close it out, which is which is the ideal there. So. Yeah, I think for me, I just because we've lost so much time with the two of them, which I said in the pregame show, I'm not stressed about their chemistry um building and growing. Honestly, maybe a little bit quicker than I think a lot mm-hmm. of us anticipated. That's where I'm at right now. I do think we've lost a lot of time. Like the more that they're able to do that, the better. That's just my opinion. Yeah, but again, it's one game, mm-hmm. limited yeah. minutes for Bradley Beal. Well, and then as a Bra- weird situation with all the other injuries. So I understand. And as Bradley Beal ramps up more and more and more, he's going to play more on the court. And once he gets to like that 32, 34 minute mm-hmm. range, he'll be on the court with Booker a lot more. So, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I mean, we're, obviously we're worried about the chemistry, but I, it'll work itself out for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You don't have to worry about anything with our friends over at Desert Financial Credit Union. For more than 84 years, they have been Arizona's largest, most trusted local credit union. And right now, when you open a free checking account online, you're going to get $200 in bonuses. So get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200. I wish I couldn't use an extra 200 right now. I could have used it tonight to put on that. Even more money. That would have been nice. Absolutely. Also, make sure you check out our friends over at Arizona Lottery and get your holiday scratchers today. They start at just $1, and you can win prizes up to $500,000. So go out and buy your holiday scratchers today. Find a retailer like our friends over at Circle K near you uh, at ArizonaLottery.com. You must be 21 or older to play. All right, Eric, you ready to take a look at the numbers? Also presented by our friends over at Desert Financial Credit Union. Arizona's number one credit union named by Forbes. Uh, What's in the box? Uh, What's in the box is a 119-116 win. Free throws, a big reason uh, for the Suns tonight. They shot 29 of 34 for 85%. Well, the Warriors only got to the line 27 times, hitting only 18 of them there. Uh, Points off of turnovers, or uh, POTO, as we call it here. We love Uh, POTO. Warriors actually had the advantage here, 25 to 15. A lot of that coming in the final two uh, minutes. Uh, Points in the paint, though, in favor of the Suns, 46 to 36. And rebounds uh, in favor of of, uh, the Warriors tonight, 51-41. That's how you get a 119-116 Phoenix Suns win. Actually, the points in the paint is wrong. The points in the paint yeah, is 46 for the Warriors and 36 for the Suns. Listen, the, the the Warriors outdid the Suns in a lot of these categories, but the reason why um, it evened up was because of those free throws and, and drawing those fouls. Like, again, something that the Suns had missed 
before. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of, you know, not being able to get to the free throw line, DeAndre Aiden not being as aggressive last yeah. year, uh, Devin Booker not getting as many calls. Uh, they were a very mid-range shooting team, so they didn't really uh, force the issue at the rim. But with Nurk uh, being as aggressive as he is at the at the rim, uh, Booker uh, finding another gear, Kevin Durant in the fold now. Like, a lot of these guys are being able to draw a lot of contact, so they get to the free throw line a lot more. And additionally, I think the thing that we also miss a lot as well is that it's not just about attacking the rim. Because of their pressure at the rim, those little ticky-tack things that are happening around the perimeter or throughout the game when they're already in the bonus, well, guess what? Now we're shooting free throws when we're like five or six minutes left in the in the in the quarter. So uh, it's all paying off all the way through each quarter, and the Suns are reaping the dividends of that. Yeah, I mean Nurk had eleven of them tonight, and Nurk, Beal, and Booker combined for twenty three of the thirty four free throws. So I mean, this is not the team like you mentioned that we've seen the last few years, and I like that Nurk uh, is able to put that pressure on them down low at times and really get to the line and capitalize on it. He deserves a lot of, a lot of credit in particular for that free throw discrepancy. Though. Yeah, absolutely. And we've talked about it before as well, but book also getting to the charity stripe more this year mm-hmm. than we saw. It seems like all of his career, basically Bradley Beal got to the line uh, seven times tonight. He did miss two. He was five of seven and from I- that charity stripe, but when you have guys in, like who are putting up substantial minutes, getting to the line this many times on a regular basis, it's going to make your lives a lot easier in winning games. Yeah, and that number is just going to go up for Beal too as he gets mm-hmm. more comfortable, uh, returns to kind of that aggressive form that he's known for. You'll see that number even creep into that 10, 11, 12 kind of range where we saw Nurk tonight too. Yeah. For sure. All right. We talked about Book. We talked about Beal. We've talked about the numbers. Let's go ahead and name our PHNX factor of the night. We're going to give it to Jordan Goodwin. Jordan Goodwin. He was fantastic. Uh, listen, I, when you when you talk about Jordan Goodwin, you cannot say enough good things about him. I, the one thing that keeps standing out for me, tonight he played 30 minutes, and I think you got a full – show uh, in terms of what he could provide he had 16 points tonight i believe mm-hmm. uh 16 six assists five rebounds uh for a smaller guard he is uber aggressive in rebounds at the rim around the basket uh, you just don't see that very often from from a lot of the smaller guards in the league he's a, he's just a stout defender I, I love everything about him and i thought he had one of the better plays of the game when there was a loose ball dove on it he was able to get it to book book obviously had the reverse slam dunk um and and they were off to the races in the middle of that run so i i can't say enough things about jordan good i think he needs more playing time is what i'm saying i feel like the 12 to 14 to 16 minutes that he gets it's starting to not be enough because he has such an impact on the game i i'm i'm looking at hey if there's an opportunity to get him you know 18 to 20 minutes a game really gotta gotta look at that because he deserves it and he's proven that he can produce at a high level when he gets those those minutes so i i, I love the guy I, he's one of my favorite players on this team he's yeah. so easy to root for too because mm-hmm. it seems like even when he has you know rough moments or even full games you know the effort is still yeah. there and i think that's something that a lot of fans can really get behind and so he makes it easy 
to to want him to succeed. For yeah, sure. I mean, played 30 minutes tonight and what uh, made every one of those 30 minutes uh, efficient or effective. I mean, uh, he had the block, the two steals, uh, the six assists, I think, stand out to me too. Is uh, you know, he was another guy that was out there helping book uh, distribute and take care of that ball. It wasn't all having to fall on on Booker tonight and only had the one turnover. Uh, you know, I I could see, I mean, and we'll talk about this a little bit, I'm sure, but the Josh Akogi hip injury, I think, opens up additional minutes for Goodwin now, too. Depending yeah. on how long he's out, you're going to need, uh, you know, his presence a little bit more, especially uh, on the defensive side. So uh, while an injury is never a good thing, it could be that opportunity for Jordan Goodwin to take those additional minutes and and really shine in that role. He absolutely yeah. should. He absolutely should. And, and listen, I, there was a couple of comments earlier about Josh Akogi and they were negative. And I'm like, of all nights to be negative on Josh Akogi, tonight, was not, tonight was not one of them. He shot the ball very, very well. He was having his best game of the season shooting-wise. I think he hit like three threes. Yeah, it was three of four. Yeah, him. three of four. For, what else do you want from the guy? And, and then he gets hurt, unfortunately, with that that – you know, hip that injury. hip injury that's been repetitive for him. So hopefully he gets healthy. But in the meantime, we talked about in the pregame about when you get your opportunity, you got to take advantage of it. And when I, ironically enough, in the pregame, I talked about Frank Vogel talking about ball, ball, getting an opportunity at some point. I did not think it was going to be tonight. He got his opportunity. But we do need to talk about somebody else that could have also been the X Factor. Can can I bring one last thing sure. on Goodwin? Plus minus is such horse crap, right? He was a negative 10 tonight. And the eye test tells you that that man was anything but negative on his impact in this game. And I know a lot of people are talking about the guy that I think you want to transition into and his plus minus being a plus 28. And well, I, you know, I just, I don't think that shows you effectively how these guys play, but you know, Chemezi Metu played fantastic tonight. Uh, as well, especially in that first half when he got the start. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 the plus minus, I never look at it because it's absolute horseshit trash. <laughs> and every time Eric puts it on the graphic, I want to just throw my shoe at him um, <laughs> because it's it's a worthless stat. Shemezi Metu, though, needed to play a little bit more than he played tonight. Nice. I don't know what happened to him. Like in the second half, he just he had a couple threes in that third quarter, and then he kind of just disappeared. Yeah. Because he was out of the game, and I don't know if it's just Frank Vogel forgetting that he had taken him out or whatever, but Shemezi probably should have had about 25 to 30 minutes tonight. Because he, he was, he was yeah, okay, there you go. 30 minutes, I thought, would have been good. He was really, really good tonight. And I said again in the pregame, when you get your opportunity, you have to take advantage of mm -hmm. it. And Shemezi in the starting lineup for the first time this season showed out. Like, he, he missed his first couple shots, and then after that, he was off to the races. And he was definitely reliable from the perimeter, was cashing up uh, for, from, from Booker passes. He was amazing tonight, and I, I really like what he brings to the table. He also, I love the fact that he was chirping at Draymond when Draymond <laughs> took that stupid-ass cheap shot at Nurkic. Um, he was chirping at him, and I was just, I love it, because you want to defend your team. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm happy for Chemezi. I think that tonight... Uh, he really showed Frank Vogel that he can be relied on to knock down those threes. And those that's something we've been talking about all season as well. That might be, you know, if we're talking KBD and Chemezi, 
One A, one B. Who Frank's gonna call first? I think it's Chimezi right now, a hundred percent. And not just because we literally saw it tonight, but because what we're seeing from Chimezi when he does get those opportunities. Well, I think KBD's right now. KBD is struggling on the offensive side. Yes, he and he's struggling so bad that it outweighs the the defensive you know mm -hmm. efficiency that he does have. So when you bring in Chimezi. And he gives you a little bit of both. Now, he's not as adept at defense as KBD is, but he is far better on offense right now than KBD is. And those two outweigh each other compared to KBD. So right now, again, when you get your opportunity, you got to take advantage of it. KBD had uh, an opportunity there for a couple minutes, and he kind of blew it. He missed a wide open three, turned the ball over. Like, you can't do that if you want to get some run on this team because – they have places they need to go, and they don't have time to sit there and wait for you to figure it out in game number 23 when you've been in the lineup this entire season. Like, you've had plenty of opportunities to get it together personally, and KBD has just not – he's not played at a high level of late. He's been really bad on offense. And when you see somebody like Metu, hey – you're going to give them him the minutes because well, he deserves it. I mean, Kevin, the chat said it opened up for book when Metu hit those three. Yes. And it absolutely did. I mean, not just Metu, but some of the other guys as well on the team. We were seeing book get doubled at half court, mm -hmm. like immediately halfway through the game, not even late in the game. And if it wasn't for guys hitting those open shots that they were getting because of it, they would have continued to do that the entire game. But instead, like you said, a few minutes ago, they had to switch it up. And then Book was able to cook because he only had one defender on him. Like, you need those guys to knock down those threes because it opens things up more for your big three to even thrive. Like, mm -hmm. you just got to. Yeah, and that four spot has been a weakness on this team. In particular, in that starting lineup, they've gone small a lot. You know, a lot of Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen in there together. I like Metu as that athletic guy with some floor spacing, they can grab you some boards. I, I'd like to see him stay in that starting lineup uh, for a while mm -hmm. and see how that plays out. Uh, and either Grayson takes that Akogi spot when, uh, you know, he's not back tomorrow, but when he comes back, maybe you give Goodwin a shot at it, depending on who's playing tomorrow. If KD's not out there, I, we assume KD's out there. So I, I want to see Metu with KD, with Nurk. I think it, it's interesting to get him out there. Uh, and keep him out there, and he's earned it. He keeps playing well, and it was nice to see the three-pointer finally come back tonight in a big way going three of five out there. Uh, I wish he'd gotten some more looks in that third uh, and maybe early in that fourth uh, because he was you know, pretty hot in the first half, but a great night for Chemezi Mente. I think you have a lot of flexibility right now if you're Frank Vogel. You know, I, I usually I'm opposed to matching up against other teams, but I think – if, if if things are going according to plan and, and the way Metu's been playing, I think Metu and Grayson Allen are interchangeable in terms of what they can provide you and depending on the matchup that you have with the other team, right? Mm -hmm. If you're playing a smaller team, uh, a team that, that you know, they like to run or whatever, I would probably opt more for Grayson to be that, that fifth starter. But if you're playing a physical team, uh, somebody like you would, you know, you look at the Nuggets, for instance, I would probably opt more for Metu. And I think having that versatility with those two guys is fantastic. And, and again, I think we're also missing the fact that Nas Little is hurt. Yeah. He'll come back at some point. Grayson will come back and KD will come back. And those three added to your lineup. I mean, eight, eight, nine right now looks, you got to be pretty happy with where it could go. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. We are going to dive into 
some more shenanigans around this game. But first and foremost, I do want to remind you that our friends over at DraftKings are hooking you guys up with $150 in bonus bets for betting just $5 on basketball when you sign up using the bonus code PHNX. So make sure you don't miss out on the action. If you are a new customer, use that bonus code PHNX and you're going to get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on basketball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, again, with that code PHNX. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in West Virginia. Visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org on behalf of Blue Hill Casino and Resort KS. Must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Juris- jurisdiction help me please for the love i'm jurisdiction guys you hear my voice literally like just like (laughs) dying halfway through see draftkings.com sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gaming resources eligibility and deposit restrictions apply bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance terms and sports terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com basketball terms that was not my best work you guys are just gonna have to deal with that one tonight (laughs) i apologize Uh, we should i'll give you an applaud we should record you saying it, and then you just move your mouth Let's while it's going it. on, so Let's that you're still technically it. saying Lindsay, it. Next time, I'll read it for you. You Deal. can do the ad. I'll do the claim. How about you do OGs real quick then? Well, I don't have the ad sheet. Well, you know so. about OGs. <laughs> well, I can tell you about you OGs. Know about OGs. Honestly, They've only been our partner no, for two I years. I I know. <laughs> I just don't know what's in the red that I have to look. I love OGs. I uh, they all the flavors are some of the best. The best scratch made gummies. Uh, that you're going to find out there. And I love that it's locally made, too. Mm-hmm. It's great to support a local Arizona company. They've been with us since the beginning, and they do some amazing things. They're one of my favorite partners uh, that we have. And I, I hadn't tried a gummy before them, uh, and I love them. They're now part of, of my routine, and I appreciate everything that OGs has done. And if you haven't tried them, I highly recommend it. You can get them at your local dispensaries. Go out there, find them. Uh, the fruits, yeah. the creams, everything. It's All fantastic. you gotta do is go to ogsbrands.com and That's find right. the closest dispensary and they'll hook you up. And you'll learn about all the deals and all the things. Okay, let's talk about some shenanigans from tonight's game. The first shenanigan is that a lot of people in the chat were saying that when they were watching the game, they felt like the broadcast made it appear as though Josh Kogi also got ejected when he didn't return to the game after halftime. And I don't I don't know what happened. I, I must have missed that. that. I didn't catch that at all. I, I'm i just saying, telling you what the chat is saying. And that's some shenanigans because Josh Kogi got hurt. That's why he didn't return to tonight's game. It was not because he got ejected mm. like Draymond. Um, and Gerald did tweet out an update from Frank Vogel on Josh Kogi saying that he is dealing with that right hip injury and they doubt he'll be available tomorrow, but we'll have to wait on his official status. But I feel like... If Vogel is already saying that they doubt he'll be available tomorrow, the likelihood of we seeing of us seeing Josh Akogi tomorrow is slim to none. Well, especially since this is a reoccurring thing, something we saw yeah. last year and that's been an issue for him. So uh, yeah, I don't I doubt we'll see him uh tomorrow and, and maybe not even Friday, depending on how serious it is. So Yeah. Um, but who did get ejected was Draymond Green because Draymond <laughs> Green I don't know what's going on with him. Um, this was his 20th ejection. 
And it seems like it's just gotten so, I don't know, I don't know what switch flipped with the whole Jordan Poole thing, but ever since then, and even a little bit before, but ever since then, it's gotten so bad, you this, guys. This guy isn't a basketball player anymore. He, he's, he's a sideshow. He's a guy that in many ways is a loose cannon out there. I mean, it, it always surprised me how unconcerned people were with what he did to Jordan Poole in that practice when it was, you know, we've seen behavior on the court that was questionable at best from him. Tonight was another example of that. I mean, I don't, I, I don't understand how he was complaining to the refs after that. I mean, he, he full on swung on Nurk, uh, you know, because he didn't like that Nurk was holding him a little bit. Like it was not, it was not a rational adult approach to, to that. It's not even a, a fired up athlete approach to that. It's just dangerous, a hundred percent dangerous and uncalled for. It's not basketball. Draymond Green is only doing this because he knows that the NBA has a high, high intolerance for fighting. If if this was 20 years ago, mm -hmm. Draymond Green would be in about 50 fights in during the course of a season. I couldn't even I couldn't even imagine a guy like Draymond Green trying to do this stuff to a Charles Oakley or a Charles Barkley or a Shaq. Like, or a Shaq. Like they they'd have gone after it. But he's a cheap shot artist. That's all Draymond Green is. He's a cheap shot artist. He's a low life in basketball circles right now because it's a repetitive issue. And the, the problem with front runners, and that's what Draymond Green is, he's a flat out front runner, is that when things start to fall apart around you, you start to grasp at straws and you start to panic. And this is the result of that. So when Draymond Green comes on the basketball court, he's lost all all credibility in my eyes. I used to sit there and think like he's a super intelligent basketball player, a defensive savvy, awesome, you know, intelligent basketball player. Now he's just another guy that causes a bunch of issues for not only the NBA, but also amongst his teammates. His teammates have got to be tired of this whole, sh this whole shtick that he has. And he's got to screw loose. I, I don't know why. He, he just seems to think that he's above the law. And the NBA continuously gives him chance after chance after chance. At some point, NBA, you've got to eliminate this dude for a, a substantial amount of time that's going to affect him, not only in, the, in his pockets, but also in his career. Like, yeah. It should be 25 games. He should have got 25 games for the whole for the whole Rudy Gobert thing. I thought what he got was ridiculously he, low. I, now he does this. He basically tried to throw a punch without throwing a punch. Is basically what he tried to do. He should get it. He should get suspended for 25 games. I think it started. He didn't get suspended for the whole Jordan Poole thing, did he? No. It was like a I, Warriors an internal thing. That's where, uh, to me, like that's where you drop the ball. Well, Something there needed to be done with that to set the precedent that it's not okay behind the scenes, it's not okay in front of the cameras, it's not okay, period, in this league. I The, the Jordan Poole thing to me is a little bit, it, it, I, I'm, I'm probably not in agreement with you both on that because, yes, he punched the dude in the face. I get it. No, no, I get, I, get, I, get, I, I get you. I get you. I, I get that point. But, again, like, there was a lot of other stuff going on in that moment that that led up to that. That's what the players have said. Like, that's what Steve Kerr has said. Like, there was things that have gone into that moment. So, like, to me, I can at least understand that. Rudy Gobert at half court 
20 feet or 20 yards away from you and and not even really being a threat to any one of your teammates and you running across the court to go choke him out that's uncalled for a sucker punch to the use of Nurkic because he's grabbing you around the waist that's also uncalled for and there's a, a hundred other uh, instances besides the Jordan Poole thing that we could point to as to why this guy should be suspended for a long period of time now you could throw in the Jordan Poole thing to just accentuate your point for sure but i just don't get why the nba keeps letting him off the hook it's yeah. ridiculous yeah i think the the jordan pool thing when you put it in terms of anything else is if i say that if i treat somebody like that at a ymca and he punches me like that that's assault you do it in an office space it's assault like that's i don't give uh, you know, i don't I, care I, what industry you're in you don't do that i and, you and don't I, do that I, and i get it if they I got see. in their faces they they jotted each other you know, he said whatever, you know, that's a fine response, but sucker punching somebody is sucker punching somebody. And I think it speaks to his character in general. And Draymond, to me at this point, he gets a pass because people find him entertaining on the mic or, you know, in, in post-game stuff, or you know, but that should not play a part in any of that. I don't care if you're jovial, uh, not in those moments, you're still doing this in those moments. The league should punish him uh, and, and severely at some point because he's obviously not learning it. And at some point, somebody's going to retaliate on him if, if the league doesn't do it and teach him the lesson that way. And it's not going to be pretty for the league as a whole. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know what's going on, but Nurk actually did talk about it uh, tonight after the game. Here's what he said about the incident. I don't know, man. <laughs> I was behind the play. <laughs> I don't think what's going on with him, I don't know. Personally, I feel like that brother needed help. I'm glad he not tried to choke me, but at the same time, it's nothing to do with basketball, man. Like, I'm just out there trying to play basketball, you know, they're swinging. I think we saw that often, but um, hopefully, you know, whatever he got in his life will get better. Something's going on Dude, there, book. clearly. But I love watching Book's face when somebody says something kind of like, ooh, and he's just sitting there trying to be as stoic as possible and not have a reaction. Uh, but you know deep down inside he's like, damn, he really just said oh. that. Like, the fact that he threw in choking, Nurkic so <laughs> <laughs> is phenomenal on, on, on the mic. Yusuf, can you meet me over at my two-shot uh, here? I, I want to tell you that you are – an unbelievable individual with an amazing sense of humor. And we are very lucky to have you in Phoenix, regardless of what happens on the court, uh, you know, and what your stat line is. I got to tell you, uh, you're just amazing off of it. Yeah. I mean, Nurk probably might be one of my favorite newcomers just for all of the social media shenanigans and all the things that kind of come uh, along with that. But, I don't know. We'll see. I think we might be having does. some technical difficulties. Oh. Hello. Back. How's it going? <laughs> Sorry about <Hi>. that. <laughs> um, okay. So. Okay. So we were talking about uh, Nurk. We were talking about his words on the incident and Draymond Green. And uh, I think, one, he's hilarious. Two, I think he's absolutely right. Like, Something's going on with Draymond. He needs to work through. Well, and I like some sort of anger issues. I, I like that Nurk could be a guy that just goes in there and starts yelling and 
pounding the table. I mean, his nickname is the Bosnian Beast, but he tends to come in there with that sarcastic wink, wink. I mm-hmm. know what's going on. You know what's going on. But, you know, I mean, that really was screw this guy in the most polite terms possible in a damn funny way. Yeah. Uh, and I like it, but he's right. There is something going on with Draymond Green. Uh, and I don't know if he's realizing he just doesn't have it anymore. So this is his way to have some kind of bizarre impact on the game or what, but that's, it's problematic. Yeah. I would agree with that. I would agree. Like, I mean, I know Yusuf, I don't know if Yusuf was being, you know, facetious or not, but you know, I, I agree. I think Draymond really does need to seek some type of help because these outbursts are ridiculous. They're ridiculous. So apparently there's a video of Draymond as well. I'm not going to watch the actual video. We can look at it later. But what was shared was that it's from Anthony Slater on Twitter. They said Draymond Green apologized to Yusuf Narkic for swinging um, hit above the shoulders, but said he was unintentional and he was just trying to sell a foul. That's an aggressive way to sell a foul. That's not an apology. It's not. That's it's an a, excuse. I didn't really do it, but I it's guess I'm excuse. sorry because I got caught. Yeah. Right? That's not that's not an apology. When you teach a child to apologize, you say, apologize for what was done, uh, you know, and, and don't make excuses for it. That's just an excuse. The whole world saw it. Yeah. TNT showed us 60 million replays mm-hmm. in slow motion. We know what happened. So don't lie to us. Don't look us in the face and say, well, you know, I didn't really mean to. No, you did it. Own up to it. And that's yeah. part of the problem, too. If you can't own up to it, you're not going to learn from it. You're just going to say, oh, the next time, oh, oh, you know, I, it wasn't. I didn't mean to kick him in the nuts. My my leg just went up. You know, yeah. like there's always an excuse with Draymond Green. Jeremy, I think, hits the nail on the head trying to avoid a suspension. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. Um, a few more uh, shenanigans from tonight's game, if you will. We saw Bulbul in the first quarter of this game, you guys. I did not expect that at I, all. I'm I'm happy that we saw Bulbul because I think there was a certain section of people that legitimately think that he was going to help us. Um, I hope but I don't think we need to see it anymore. Like he didn't do any he, he got two rebounds, I think, and that was about it. Like yeah. he's He's just not that guy. He's not a he's not a viable NBA player. I don't I don't know what else to say. Hold on. He did other things. He lost his defender three different times. He had a foul when he shouldn't have even jumped because he's freaking seven six without lifting his arms up and he's you know eight and a half feet when he lifts his arms up and he didn't need to jump. Bull Bull proved exactly why Bull Bull has been glued to the bench this season, and that's where he needs to stay. I just there, I could not believe that people were still defending him, somehow blaming the roster around him, mm-hmm. blaming Frank Vogel, saying, "Well, he hasn't played." Yeah, there he proved why he hasn't played. He looked like freaking Bambi on ice out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've I've seen enough of sideshow Bull for a lifetime. I don't need to see any more. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're going to stop throwing shade at everybody right now, but that doesn't mean we can't wear our Shady Rays because our Shady Rays are elite sunglasses. And exclusively for all of you, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Just go to ShadyRays.com. Use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. 
so you can try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Also, if you are still unsure what to do for Christmas, Game Time is a really great place to look. They have last-minute tickets at great prices available for games, concerts, shows, anything that you are wanting to see. You can snag tickets without the stress with Game Time. And nothing is better than planning an entire night out with your sweetheart for Christmas. I promise it'll be a hit Um, under the tree. You just get those tickets. You plan the whole thing. There you go. You got the best Christmas gift in town. So download the Game Time app, create an account, use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. I did just that for Christmas. There you go. The missus is in the chat, so I'm not going to say what I bought. Smart. But, uh, and the best part, if it's a last minute gift, they send you the tickets. It's a digital transaction. So you're not waiting for anything. You just print it out. So right. honestly, you could do it Christmas morning if you forgot. You really could. <laughs> like, hey, last minute tickets. That's what we're all about procrastination at times when it comes to game time because you can get really good deals. Last minute gift, last minute ticket. I get it. it takes. Um, okay, I mean, so. Real quick to go back to the bowl bowl. I don't know if people are being serious or not, but like they say we're being hard on it, on the kid because he's still trying to find his way. He's been in the league for almost. He's This is his fifth year. I, what, what do you want? Like, if you can't figure it out by year five, you probably aren't going to figure it out. Am I well, wrong? I, I'm not saying that he shouldn't play basketball anywhere ever again, but his place is not on a championship, a team that has championship aspirations and, and getting minutes to try to accomplish that. It's yeah. just not. You know, if he wants to go play for Detroit, go get 20 minutes on a team that can't win a game. That's fine. Like, but I'm saying in this situation, I don't need to see Bull Bull anymore. Flex makes a great point. He says, Frank is lucky we won this game because if they didn't, it would have been because of those Bull Bull minutes that blew this game. 18 to 2 run came during the Bull Bull minutes. Yeah. Listen, it wasn't all on him. But again, you can see that he's lost. He doesn't really understand what he's supposed to be doing out there. He doesn't know where he's supposed to be in relation to the defense. There's one time where he looked like he was running straight to the corner to guard a guy. And then he just veered off left and went into the middle of the key, leaving the guy wide open for a three, and he cashed it in. I'm like, bro, that's you. That's your man. Yeah. So it, it, it is what it is. An 18-2 run against you is just unbearable. I mean, you just you can't let that happen. Yeah. It's just, listen, I wanted Bulbul to find success here. Um, I think that we all probably know by now that, there's a good chance that won't happen. Um, and I think it's just because there's we don't have room for error. You know what I mean? Like we don't have the ability with what our goals are and what this team is set up to hopefully accomplish. We don't have the room to help somebody along and develop in that way. Nope. And if he can't do it during practice and get that down to know where he's supposed to be on the court, like there's just not the the uh, ability for him to do it in a game is not there. No, listen, I, I think there's two things at play. Number one, I think we all hoped that Bull would be able to show something in order to get on the court and help this team mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. You know, we saw all the highlights about sometimes him just taking the, the ball full court and, and getting a dunk, and then the very next possession, him dribbling the ball out of bounds or you know, throwing some kind of crazy pass. I would accept that. But we're not even we're not getting some of that, you know. We're not even getting the 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 highs 
before we get the lows. It's just basically been one game of lows, and he's not seeing the court for a variety of different reasons, and it's probably because there's other players on this roster that they believe can can contribute to a championship-level team is what they're hoping for. So yeah. I, I, I hope – I wished that he was going to be good. I really did because – I was on board the bowler coaster, but I, I I'm good. I, I got off the ride a long time ago. I'm I'm ready to move Made on. Made you a little dizzy. N- yeah. Nicholas, Nicholas J says bull needs more touches. I agree. If he wants to develop, but it ain't gonna happen here. That's the problem. Well, like, also, like he's seven just, foot six. Yeah. Go get your own touches. Yeah. <laughs> but he can't. All right, couple of super chats here uh, from the last stream. Sorry about that, guys. Thanks for hopping over here, but. We have one from Frank. Frank sent us one, and they said, Suns never lost a game. Bobo played in this season. Oh, Frank. They haven't lost a game that uh, Booker and Beal played together. Frank, you so silly. (laughs) Uh, James sent us one. Thank you, James. James said, musician geek here. It's a trumpet solo, not sax. Love you guys. Keep up the great work. Hashtag dubs trading Clay and Green at the deadline. Go Suns. Nobody cares. I mean, if we're going to be technical, it's a muted trumpet. All right. So, we, but you know. it's f- more fun to say the sexy yeah, sax. It is like, a sexy sax. And a, it will always be a sexy sax. If just, I want to look at a trumpet and think it's a saxophone, then I will damn well do it. It doesn't hit the same. <laughs> James, me, you just got to let us have this one. Give me that sweet, sweet, sexy, muted trumpet, baby. It you doesn't just gotta work. You got to let us have this doesn't one, work. James. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, my Kafka sent us a couple. Uh, one here says Nurt commented on Draymond Green foul quote I hope that whatever he's got going on in his life it gets better brother needs a hug <laughs> maybe he does just need a hug honestly um, there was one I don't okay. think I don't think any of his teammates are not trying to pick him up and and support him I and, think and his boost teammates him. are done with him did you see the reaction of the bench when that happened everyone was like okay here we go again I mean, I kind of think his teammates are done. Yeah. They're over it. Really? I didn't see that. Yeah. yeah they're literally the whole reaction behind the bench was just like, here oh, we go. Oh, you're talking again. about Draymond. Yeah. yeah I was talking about Bull. My bad. Oh, no, sorry, we're talking, bad. About talking about Draymond. Damn, they really did that to no, Bull? No, no, no. That's we're talking about up. Draymond right now. So you got to support your guy. That's what he's talking okay, about. My bad, my bad. Okay. Mike Kafka sent us two more and they said, I think Metu and Grayson Allen are interchangeable depending on what you need on a given night. Did he quote Saul on that? <laughs> I mean, Saul did talk about that, so you guys are on the same page there. Uh, they also sent us one more. Mike Kafka, thing. shout out to you for all the super chats. We appreciate you. Said, soft, bouncy, delicious cannabis gummies. Learn more. Learn more. Our story. Hey, we're OGs. Uh, Good ad read. Somebody in the chat uh, up above uh, <laughs> just said, uh, Ted Offensive said, Bull Bull getting the residual DA hate. No, he isn't. No, he's not. No, he's not getting any residual DA. I don't DA think it has anything to do it has with zero DA, to do with it. With <laughs> How is it? I don't even. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I think the reason why people are maybe starting. Okay, initially when Bull was on the team, I think everyone was excited because there was a lot of potential upside there. I think now that we have gone through injuries, we've seen what our team looks like. People are looking at that spot and saying we could probably utilize that spot for something that. Someone who can bring something that our team kind of needs right now. Mm-hmm. We could utilize that spot for somebody who's actually potentially going to get minutes, especially when we have to deal with injuries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Bobo is kind of on the outskirts right now with a lot of people because mm-hmm. they see it as an opportunity for the team to get better. And we're clearly not tapping into Bobo. So we may as well utilize it for somebody who maybe will help our you team. You know what else we can utilize? What? Hit it. 
darkness. Beyond the light, there shall only be one. Welcome to Welcoming in Gerald Borgay from the Footprint Center, of course, writer over at gophnext.com. What's up, Gerald? How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Not too shabby. That Good. didn't sound convincing, Gerald. Yeah, yeah, you seem like really. you're on the ropes right now, <laughs> Gerald. Why? I know there's just a lot of a uh, lot of post game comments to digest, as I'm sure you guys are aware from some of the things I've sent you already. Yes. Um, a lot of people had a lot of things to say after this game. That's for sure. What well, was the biggest takeaway? Yeah, tell us all of it. People are kind of sick of Draymond Green shit. <laughs> like it, it's very blatantly <laughs> obvious that they respect what he brings to the table as a defender. I talked to Frank Vogel about it before the game and he called him one of the best defenders to ever do it. Um, but you know, after the game, after a cheap shot like that, that was pretty like uncalled for, um, you know, he said it, it's a reckless and dangerous play. It, it's something that the refs did what they had to do. And now the league needs to do what it is supposed to do. Um, you know, we, we heard from Yusuf Nurkic, his little digs at Draymond and uh, saying that he was glad that he didn't try to choke him and all that stuff. And, uh, more seriously saying that I hope whatever's going on with him, he gets some help. Uh, and, you know, we talked to Chemezi Metu in the locker room. He was saying it, it's just ridiculous at this point. The league needs to do something about it. Um, you know, Devin Booker was saying that he's a, a top competitor who wears his emotions on his sleeve, but it got out of hand. Like, this is one of Draymond's friends that is saying that about him now. So it's it's kind of one of those things where at a certain point, the league needs to come down with a much harsher penalty than the last time, which was, you know, five or six games for choking another player. Um, it, it's just with his track record and the amount of times this has happened, you know, a post-game apology and his post-game presser just isn't going to cut it. Yeah. So here's, we got a super chat around this. So I'll open it up to the entire group since we're talking about Draymond right now. Alex sent us one. Thank you, Alex. We appreciate you said, I disagree. Uh, read Draymond especially with the language comparing him to a child. People love to hate on Draymond because he's outspoken. He's made some bad choices, but it's it's like fans wait to pounce on him. No, I disagree with that completely. Like, listen, you are, you are a result of your actions. Straight up. And this this isn't this isn't just a, a loud player who's very demonstrative, but he doesn't do any cheap shot stuff, right? He's literally physically trying to hurt players. He tried to kick LeBron in the balls during the NBA Finals. He just tried to choke out uh, Rudy Gobert. He swung and hit uh, Yusuf Nurkic, and the list goes on and on and on. He is setting himself up for failure. And I get, like, waiting to pounce on – I think there are certain players that – the media and, and fans are waiting to pounce on, i.e. Russell Westbrook is a clear example. But Russell Westbrook isn't out there trying to hurt other players. And so it's it's a different category completely. Draymond's fantastic when he's locked in defensively and doing all the little intangibles that the Warriors need. But let's not make this like, oh, he's just a victim here because of his circumstances. No, he's an absolute detriment to the game. So I think when it comes to what Draymond says, like on his podcast and things like that, like you do you say whatever you want to say. I have no problem with that. I think when it crosses the line into non-basketball, physical, let's call it what it is, kind of to an extent, violence, 
especially in a lot mm -hmm. of these situations, that's where the line gets drawn. And it's no longer like we're looking for Draymond and reasons to be mad at him. It's Draymond did the wrong thing and he shouldn't do it. When it comes to what he says on his podcast and who he wants to talk smack to, that's totally fine. He could do all of that. But he can't go around putting people in chokeholds and punching them and hitting them. You just can't do that. Like I said earlier, I actually think it's the reverse. I think the way he talks in the media, the way he does his podcast actually makes him more likable. It's probably too, given him the benefit of the doubt more than, than we would have otherwise. Yeah. And that his actions have led to this because the first handful of times these things happened, it was like, oh, oh, Draymond out there. And now it's like we're five, six, seven incidents in, and you're like, okay, this is, this is getting really out of hand. Pattern. I mean, was that the feeling you got in, in talking to everybody too, Gerald, that it was just we're at a point where this is beyond giving somebody a pass? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at a certain point when you have the track record that he has, it can't just be, oh, people are waiting to pile on him. Like, I, I'm one of Draymond Green's biggest fans as a basketball player. I think he, outside of like Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman, is the best defender that I've ever seen um, just because of his versatility, his basketball mind. I loved his competitive fire. I loved watching him, you know, t trash talk everybody uh, when the Warriors were at their peak. But it's gotten harder and harder to defend him and be a fan of him because of these types of incidents. And he does bring it upon himself. You know, he said after the game, he was trying to exaggerate a foul and he didn't mean to hit him that high. He was aiming lower, but you know, like, what are you doing aiming at all? Like, why are you flailing your arms like that in a basketball yeah. game at all? It's a dangerous play. It's a reckless play. Um, and given his track record, he doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt. This is not a situation where we're just waiting to pile on. It's we're waiting for you to show us and remind us why we fell in love with your game and your trash talking in the first place. And you keep hitting us with sucker punches. So it, it is what it is at this point. Also, like the fact that he was trying to sell a foul because he was getting his jersey was getting grabbed. Uh, okay, cool. Why don't you watch Devin Booker in every single game coming off of a, a, a screen with the defender just absolutely holding on for dear life behind him? Like he does it, and you know, you never see Devin Booker swing at a guy like that. Like this is ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Other than that, though, Gerald. Yeah, let's, <laughs> um, let's talk about on. the good of tonight. Uh, Shemezi Metu had a fantastic game. I thought he was uh, brilliant from the perimeter, gave the Suns a, a much-needed boost on the scoring. And in addition, he was basically the reason why I felt the, the Warriors had to come out of that double team when every time Booker would cross half court because Shemezi hit some crucial three-pointers to kind of keep the Warriors honest. What say you and what did uh, the, the, the team say about Shemezi's performance tonight? Yeah, it was kind of funny. Frank Vogel mentioned that first three that he shot, the air ball as a mulligan, and he said after he got that one out of the way, he was great the rest of the night with the way he was able to spread the floor. Um, you know, he said he's been playing good minutes for us recently, and so he wanted to reward that, kind of look at how he looks in the starting lineup at that four spot. Um, he's been pretty consistent in saying that he's going to give everyone a chance. I, I know I've brought this up in the past before, uh, but there were a lot of people questioning, okay, why wasn't Metu playing earlier? Why is Bulbul getting minutes? Why isn't KBD playing? Well, it's consistent with what we've been saying all along. He's going to try different things. He's going to experiment with different things. And people love that when their player is the one that's getting those <laughs> minutes. But when it's somebody else, it's what is he thinking? Why is he doing this? And, and I just want to remind people of that because I know 
under Monty, one of the biggest complaints was he loves his guys and these mm-hmm. other guys don't get a chance. Monty never experiments. Well, that's what Vogel's doing with a pretty brand new lineup. A lot of bench guys that haven't been able to get set in their roles because the guys ahead of them that are going to be leading the charge haven't been there all season. So uh, Metu was great. I talked to him in the locker room and, and he was talking about just his approach. He, he had said the other day something that was kind of sad because we had asked him about the staying ready thing, the cliche thing that you ask every guy in that situation. And he was saying like, you know, sadly to this point in my career, that's kind of been what it is. Like I've had to adapt that mindset because I've gone from playing minutes to not playing minutes to being all over the rotation uh, to having to fight to keep my career alive. And so for him, like he hasn't changed anything with his approach here in Phoenix. He stayed consistent. He was thanking the film guys that, you know, show up with him and help walk him through certain things that he can improve. And he felt like that really helped him for this game in particular. Um, So hopefully, you know, Metsu continues to impress and is able to work his way into the rotation once everybody's back, because right now we're still not whole, still without KD, still without Grayson. That's going to knock a few guys down in the pecking order. But what Metsu's shown on both ends, the athleticism, the vertical spacing, and the three-point shot, if that can hold true, those are all things that can help whether he's off the bench or a starter, wherever he's going to get his minutes. One of the things that I think is cool about Shemezi that we haven't really touched on is that when you look at championship teams of the past, there's always that one guy that kind of surprised everybody uh, heading into either the, that year, all year long, or heading into the playoffs. Last year, you could probably point to like Bruce Brown uh, for, for the Nuggets. Uh, the year before that, you could probably point uh, to Gary Payton uh, II when, on the Warriors and how much juice he provided off the bench. When you look at Shemezi Metu, I can see he's he's one of the few players on this roster that I could see develop enough to be a significant factor when we get towards the end of the season. Uh, is am I am I just seeing things with rose colored flex glasses or am I correct? I mean, you could be correct. I, I think I think for right now the Suns still have a lot of maybes in terms of their playoff rotation. Um, But I will say one guy that has kind of risen above that maybe category for me, at least, is Jordan Goodwin, based on what we've seen from him the last handful of games tonight in particular. I think he had 16, 6, 5, and 2 steals on top of that. He had made a couple of big plays, that one loose ball that he came up with that he got Devin Booker, the reverse dunk, that kind of helped them build that run to push the lead open, which they needed every bit of it because of the way they played down the stretch. Um, those plays were huge. Frank Vogel called him invaluable on both ends, especially having to guard Steph Curry and step in for Josh Akogi. Um, Akogi, we got an update. I don't know if you guys covered it yet, but he did have a right hip injury and they're not sure he's going to be able to play tomorrow. We'll wait for his official status, but, um, something to keep an eye on. Cause he was, he was a knockdown three point shooter tonight, but, um, yeah, I will say Jordan Goodwin has really impressed me on both ends in terms of what he's able to do. He's not afraid to take shots, which is huge. Um, and I think he's going to be a guy that is going to cement himself as part of that playoff rotation. Speaking of tomorrow, any indication on uh, how Bradley Beal was feeling after tonight's game? What was the reaction to, uh, to his first game back with the team? Yeah, he said his back is feeling good, and Vogel had said before the game the plan with Beal is to play him tomorrow, um, which is hopefully a good sign of where his back is at after being out for a month and, and doing his due diligence to come back at 100%. Uh, 
Um, you know, he, he seems kind of weary of these same questions, treating his return like this big event. And he was saying like, look guys, I'm in year 12. It's not going to be much different than what you've seen the last 11 years. I just need to get my win back um, and get back in the groove, get, you know, acclimated with all of these new guys that I'm playing with since tonight was only his fourth game. Um, but, you know, Devin Booker was talking a lot about what he's able to do off the ball. We saw a lot of split cuts, a lot of him cutting off the ball and getting to his spots with curls. And that type of off-ball activity is huge, um, especially if we're, you know, following this line of thinking that Devin Booker is going to remain the primary ball handler. We saw them throw multiple traps at him, and Booker actually have better outlets generating a lot of those wide-open threes we saw all night, the ones that Mezzi was knocking down, that Akogi was hitting early. So having Beal out there, just one other guy, makes a huge difference on the spacing and the quality of looks they're getting. If you throw Kevin Durant into that mix, we're going to see something special here, hopefully in the near future. Did Beal have any comment on the biggest uh, thing of the evening? He won me my first bet since like oh my God, God Gerald, knows Did when. you hear about this from Twitter? I, I bet. I, I bet did. on that first basket at plus 3,500. Please, uh, and when you see Bradley Beal next, shake his hand and thank him for Gerald. it. Gerald. Listen, you know, <laughs> you know, it was actually really funny because he did talk about that. He was asked when he kind of started to feel comfortable out there shaking the rust off. And he said, as soon as I hit my first shot, he was saying, uh, you know, he wasn't he wasn't a big fan of his first shot being a three. But he said I was wide ass open. So I had to take it. I thought you were just about to say, actually, he did bring up Espo's bet in the postgame. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Yeah, he saw it oh on my Twitter God. and said that guy is. Just freaking brilliant. <laughs> Gerald, he's winning right now. That's how big of a That is crazy. Was. Look They're, at this. All it takes is one. Look at this, all Gerald. It's... This is the worst shenanigans that we've had to deal with. So I lost, Saul lost, Flex lost, but Espo won at $360 tonight. <laughs> he's got $182.50 to his name now. And I only have 127 and 88. I'm in the lead. <laughs> uh, can you drop crazy. the banner again, Eric? Let's celebrate. This is garbage. Oh, all right. Well, we had a banner uh, for for me winning, but we'll uh, we'll have that again later. So that's fine. Oh well, we don't need your banner, Espo. Listen, you've gloated <laughs> enough on this program. Oh, okay? I have not gloated enough. You <laughs> think? I'm just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> just wait till tomorrow's pregame. There's gloating that to be done for a while. Sure there is. All right. One last super chat and then we're all going to get out of here. Uh, Unidentified 21 sent us one and said, feels like Draymond has just gotten carried away with his antics because he's aging and can't contribute as much on the court. Very well could be a possibility that he's having a hard time coping with the fact that the Warriors are not what the Warriors once were and he may not be what he once was. And this could be his reaction. To it's got to be tough. It, I, I, I'm not defending Draymond by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, let's just say from Steph's point of view as well. Like it's got to be tough knowing that you aren't where you used to be and mm -hmm. things are starting to slide away. Uh, the rest of the league is getting better and some difficult decisions are in front of you. You know, hey, listen, Clay Thompson being traded isn't out of the realm of possibility. Uh, Draymond being traded isn't out of the realm of possibility. I mean, basically everybody on that roster, not named Steph Curry, is is up is is up for for avail is available. I should say out there because the run is over, and I think most people know that. And there's a certain section of people that I'm sure are holding on, saying, "Well, 
they've started off before pretty rough and then they figured it out. But when I'm watching this team, I, I don't see it. I just don't see it anymore. Hey, Draymond, get the rocking chair, put on the Depends, and leave everybody else alone. If you're aging and you're angry about it, that's not our problem. That's not Yusuf Nurkic's problem. That's your problem. So stop acting out like a petulant child. Gerald, any final thoughts on Draymond or anything else that you had from nope. tonight's game? Nope, hard to come back from that one. <laughs> I know, right? I, I, I was looking, I was trying to get, a, I needed a lifeline, Gerald. That's what I was calling you. I was phoning a friend. But I get it, because I'm the same. Uh, well, thank you guys for all joining us. We appreciate you. Don't forget, you can read Gerald's stuff over at gophnx.com. He writes amazing articles all about the Suns. You can also give him a follow on Ooh. social at Gerald oh. Borgay. Uh, Gerald, uh, are you going to the Nets shoot-around tomorrow? I am. It's going to be a late night and an early turnaround, but yes, I will be there. Okay. Are you excited to see your boys come back to town? I am. It'll be nice. I, I think tomorrow will be a fun game before it begins, and then once it starts, I think uh, it's going to be a heated affair. Book was actually asked about how often Mikhail used to guard him in practice, and he said, oh, yeah, pretty often, so I'm, I'm ready for him tomorrow. So <laughs> it should be a fun I, matchup. I pondered having a shirt re made for this tremendous occasion that i know so many people are so ready for uh it was going to be mikhail and cam on my shirt uh with red x's over both of them and then say they don't play for my team that's it that's all i was gonna say hater is that a hater of course you're that guy of course you're that guy <laughs> gerald did you prepare your own tribute videos uh for the twins uh just clips of you interviewing them over the last handful of years with some sarah mclaughlin under it no no no, I was assuming Eric would do that, so I'm, I'm going to leave that in his capable hands. <laughs> you heard the man. I'm not making that till you ask Book about chocolate ice cream, and you know it. Hey. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, Cam. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back tomorrow. Pre-game at 6.30, and then, of course, post-game as well. We'll have all the updates from Net Shoot Around from Gerald uh, for you guys, but like I said, you can follow Gerald at Gerald Bourget. You can follow the show at PHNX underscore Sons. You can follow me, Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. And you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Become a diehard because I'm starting a brand new betting series where you can get rich or oh, lose boy. everything. Ahoy, hoy! <laughs> <laughs>